0: Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David.
1: All right, all right, all right, all right,
0: all right, all right, brother, all right. So two fans, what's up? What's up? I want to apologize on behalf of the Sliced Apples crew. 'Cause oh. um I was unable to record due to uh being visited by the in laws. Um great time, great family time.
1: Oh, okay. Um uh, and per request from David we're not allowed to talk about it.
0: <laughs> I did not request that. It was just it, it just there was nothing like I guess there's nothing. just nothing to talk about, two fans. That's it's nothing. just it was a good time. Okay. Fam came, fam bam came, and uh yeah,
2: I don't,
1: I just. All right, all right, I won't get you in trouble. Don't worry, I find and, ways to do that.
2: But um, what I did realize is, I was like, man, I really wish
0: I had some golf clubs. Oh. I felt like I felt like what me and the father-in-law really needed was a a, a tea time. Some 18 (laughs) holes, you know what I mean? Some, uh, just some time on the golf course away from the, from the, from the kids and the hectic of life, you know what I mean? Like,
1: I do know what you mean.
0: You know exactly what I mean. That's why, that's why I'm telling you about this. You know exactly what I mean.
1: It's funny how you get older and older. When we started this podcast, you should shit on me for playing golf. And as you get older, you realize man, I kind of wish I had golf in my life for moments like this.
0: Yeah. The playing aspect. I'm coming around to it. Mm. It's
1: cool. I sent you that Michael Jordan clip about Michael Jordan saying golf is the hardest sport of all oh, sports.
0: I think you told me that before or showed me it before. I've just,
1: that, I've just stood on a hill where everybody says baseball is way harder than golf. And, uh, well, they're wrong. Well, well, Because well, Michael Jordan take, said so.
0: I take it back. Hockey is way higher than golf. I
1: mean, yes. I think. But that's yeah.
0: only because I can't skate.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where we're Southerners. So what do you expect? <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> if you're from the South, of course, yeah. dir. It's
2: like in the North, it's not warm enough. So they play hockey, <laughs> they don't that's play true. golf. But, what
1: you got for us, though?
0: I, I I guess just in case any of the two fans were wondering the same thing, we were at Dick's the other day and, mm. you know, we we're kind of looking at some putters and whatnot. Oh. And I saw, you know, on the side, there was like uh, boxes of like full, full sets. There are. And whatnot. And I was kind of curious, what is the way to go if I am – Ooh. The rookie that I am. Oh. Intro beginner. What is the way to go since uh I I couldn't get any inherited because mm. um just
1: Because uh, why? Say it motherfucker. Cause cause I know I'm you're gonna l- say it.
0: I'm a little my I'm a little tanner than the uh. so I couldn't I'm a little tan, so I couldn't get any inherited.
1: Yep. It's in the uh, will for me. <laughs> it's all I'm getting golf clubs.
2: Um but <clears throat> what what is
0: the starter pack? What do you, what is your advice to these beginners like me
2: in getting a set of golf clubs?
1: Uh the advice for anybody trying to buy a set of golf clubs. Um
0: I even well, advice suggestions or just Tell me what the hell to, or just tell us what the hell to get.
1: Tell, tell us what the hell to get. Uh, I tell everybody the same thing. I, I, I say, don't buy new clubs. Um, you don't, there's so many different golf brands. Uh, there's probably five major golf brands that release new iron sets, new drivers, new woods every single year. And there are the people that are not like me. I will clearly say that that buy the new sets every year and i personally play with a set of 2009 irons they're the tailor made r9s and i have a 2007 driver a tailor made r7 driver um don't need new clubs they have new tech like i've i've done all the measuring and stuff and if i played with the newer clubs i'd probably hit it you know 15 20 yards further doesn't really matter though when you're talking about like true impact on the game because you lose you get you lose um or how should i say this you uh you lose strokes on the uh, on the green so you improve by improving your putting that's how you really i tell everybody if you can keep it in bounds and you can two putt every hole you'll shoot in the 90s 100 100 of the time i mean it's i think that's a given so, so the
0: putter is the most important
1: Well, your putting game is the most important. Yeah, I would have a nice putter, though. Like, I I went out and bought... I had a really old putter, and it was the first putter... Or it was the first club that I purposefully went and bought a new putter because I was so inconsistent with my old putter. And I just needed something that was newer, that was more consistent, that I could trust. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're going to spend any amount of money on anything, I would... Probably get a decent putter. Uh, I mean, you probably you don't need to spend more than a hundred, maybe hundred and fifty bucks on a putter. You can find like again, it's the same deal that like they release new putters every freaking year. So you can get a four-year-old model and it'd be just as good as this year. So I have a question. Sure.
0: A couple of questions actually. Um, one. I saw like in those boxes I told you about. Mm. I saw that the I think it was a full set. They would say, they were selling full sets in the yeah. box. I think it was like two hundred and fifty to three hundred bucks okay. in that range. Is that like cheapo cheap? I I kind of looked at it. I was like, man, I kind of bet this is like cheapo cheapo, or. No, no, no. Like like just what do you what is your assessment of that? I can't remember the brand names though. that's the only thing I couldn't remember, but it was brand new, so I assume they're like
2: lower end yeah, I guess, do you remember I do you
1: remember any of the brand names?
2: Not really not off the top of my head, no oh. I mean. It, yeah, yeah
1: just yeah i I got you. I got you. sorry, I had to had to make an adjustment there no, the um what i what I also tell everybody, you know likewise of buying used clubs just a couple years old, is make sure you're buying a good brand because just because they're like you know four or five, six year old models doesn't mean that it's not good quality because four, five, six years ago, it was the best quality. So I would I would focus on you know buying a titleist, a tailor made, a Callaway, a ping, um, something along those lines that is one of the bigger names that you see commercials for, and just go get, you know, I, an old- I mean, a 2014 driver and you know, a a decent set of irons that are, you know, don't get graphite shafts, get get steel shafts because there's okay. graphite shafts and you won't you won't see them very often anymore at least but you'll see steel shafts and yeah I would say if you're buying like a new set of irons that are coming from a box that are $300 like I just think you have again just think about my clubs like my clubs are from 2009 and that's mm-hmm. 14 years old and they work great I mean they're not they're they they hit pure they're they're sturdy you know, I don't I don't have any problems with them, but I don't really know how they make the three hundred dollar clubs like the Kirkland's or whatever you can buy at Costco. I know is is one of them or like, you know, I know Odyssey sells, I think, irons and I wouldn't buy Costco. Odyssey, yeah, Costco, you sells, say Costco. Yeah, Costco sells an, a, a set of irons that the name of the brand is Kirkland. It's a good brand. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate a set of Kirkland's, but I just think that you can get more long term use and value out of like a, you know, twenty fifteen set of titleists that you can probably get at the same price. And ultimately they're just gonna be they're just gonna be better. Like they're just gonna be better made. Uh, you know, more battle tested. Um, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. Like even people nowadays, when I when I play, if I'm playing with like a random, if I'm playing with an old guy and he sees mm-hmm. my R sevens or my R7 driver, my R9s will like make comments about, Oh, you know, I remember when those came out and they're great clubs and this and this. like, cause that's just how it is. Like they don't, like you don't need the newest best thing has new tech. Sure. But I think you can go cause I have another buddy who's asking me the same question. Like, where do I go? Like just go on Facebook marketplace or Craigslist or eBay, go find a decent set that looks clean. Like make sure it's not rusted cause some people will leave it out in the rain and takes a lot for golf clubs to get rusted, like it really does. I've played with mine for a long time, and I've played in the rain before, plenty of times. It takes mm-hmm. a lot for them to get rusted, so make sure they're clean. They don't have to be like you know shiny, but if they're they're clean looking, um, and then like when you get them, when you're actually holding them, look at the grooves and see if there's any rust buildup in the grooves because the grooves are probably the most important part, uh, and that's why the grooves on the clubs
0: on the cl- uh, it's on, yeah, on the, the club whatever.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so like when you look at those, if there's any like gunk or or build up in those, that's what creates the spin on the ball. And that's like and that's so important, because if you have something built up in there, that's going to lead to inconsistencies. So that's why I say like those box sets, I don't know how they're made, but I imagine, you know, if you're comparing a two hundred fifty dollar box set compared to a thousand dollar set of tireless and you hit both of them a thousand times. I would think that Titleist wouldn't wear as much as the grooves or as the 250 box would, but you have to also keep in mind that you're hitting a golf ball; you're not hitting like a tree. So, like the wear and tear on a golf club, I'm not really sure what it is. I just think your money's better placed with a big name company because I think they're 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 battle tested, and that's just that's just how it is. Like it's at one point in time, tour professionals used those clubs. Like you don't see tour professionals using a box set of Odysseys or Kirklands or now Odyssey makes a great putter. So that's the difference. Putters are different, and then drivers or woods are different than the irons. So each one has a different brand that I would recommend. Like I personally wouldn't recommend a Callaway set of irons, but I would recommend the Callaway Woods because I like the Callaway Woods. I think they're I think they're decent woods. I play Taylor made, but like likewise, I like the titleist irons. And I know the Tyler's Woods are a good club, but I don't really like the... I'm more of a tailor-made guy. Like, I like the tailor-made woods. And then putters, it's like you have Scotty Cameron, you have Odyssey. Pings are really good putters. But, I mean, the ping irons are good. I wouldn't play with the ping wood. Like, there, that's the nuance within it all is, like, knowing what you... I'm trying to think of, like, a comparison. Like, if you were to buy, like, boxing gloves yep, and then a boxing bag, like, you wouldn't buy...
0: Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I know like, I know exactly you what you're know. saying. It's just some certain companies make irons better than others, whereas like yeah. they probably don't do as good on their putters. Yeah. And so so I'm assuming because with you saying that you have a mix, you have like yeah, a certain brand you go to for your driver
1: yeah um, like i play hey. so like for wedges so this is the other like little caveat in it is like wedges which is going to be irons but they're your close play irons. so they're yeah. more like your pitching wedge your sandwich your gap wedge those, those things those like there's a company called mizuno that makes fantastic uh wedges but i would never buy their irons i love their wedges though i think their wedges are awesome I play with Tailor-Made Irons, but all my wedges are Titleist because I like the Titleist irons more. So that it's all personal preference. But if you're a new person, there's a couple things I would recommend. Buy like a mid-2010, you know, set of irons or clubs from one of the big companies, the Callaway, the Titleist, Ping, um, and Tailormade. You know, one of those four, I'm probably I think I'm forgetting one of them, but those four, I would buy like a mid-2010 set. I would buy when you look at the irons, make sure when you're looking at them, like you're holding the club like up to you, and you're looking at like the P or the seven or the whatever the number is, make sure that the club face or the, the club is, is thick. Cause you don't want a thin club. Those are called blades. Mm-hmm. And that is it's less forgiving. So like the thicker the club is, the the club head, the more forgiving it's gonna be, meaning like you can hit the ball not in the center. And it'll still produce a decent shot because it's forgiving is what we say. But if you hit a blade, which is a thinner club, you can do a lot more with it spin wise. But if you hit it off the mark, it's it's not going to be as forgiving. It'll shank. It'll go on the wall, whatever. So those are the things It's 2010s, you know, name brand. And I would make sure the clubs are like decently not crazy thick, but decently thick. Wilson was the other one I'm thinking of. Wilson clubs are. Those are. That's probably what you're looking at as a box set. I wouldn't buy a set of Wilsons.
0: Are are we Are we talking about like BBW thick?
1: Uh, yeah. There's some that are pretty fucking thick, dude. Like, like, like probably like two inches. Like solid. Like I mean, pretty pretty thick clubs. Like you're holding it. It's weird looking. So So, I played with a few of those.
0: So then, fair to say, the thicker, the better.
1: I would say that. But there's also, you know, girth matters, but not too much girth, you know. You got to have enough to work with.
0: All right. So, like I said, we are trying out the putters and stuff, and I was just trying out a bunch of different putters. They had a little
2: mini, like, just putting area at Dick's. And I I was just testing a
0: bunch of them out. So my next question is, is it when I'm doing that, say I'm trying out these putters and whatnot, Is it essentially, am I going for like what, how I feel, like what I like, Mm -hmm. like just off of feel? Is that the main thing?
1: That's the main thing. But for a new person, it's hard to really know what it feels like. So I would say this to any new person that's going into like a Dick's or an Academy or whatever, like, you know, PGA Superstore, whatever it is, Galaxy, Golf Galaxy, like go over take five golf balls and like hit five golf balls at the same spot, whether it be a hole or like a spot on the green. If you can hit five consistent putts and you feel like they're consistent, like that is that is a good club for you. If one of them shoots way past, the other one is short, the other one kind of goes to the left or the right, like if you're not consistent over five or 10 or 15 putts. Like that's how I always test it. Is like how consistent am I with this putter? Do I feel like no matter what I do, like it's pretty, it's pretty uniform on most of my putts? Because as a new person, you're never gonna know picking up a club what it feels like. It's all about, you know, can you consistently repeat the same motion with that putter? Yeah,
0: I I get that because I mean, if you um, if you shorten it. Like you were saying, you shoot one long, shoot one short, right there at the freaking little putt putt station. I mean, what is gonna happen when you're out there in the actual course?
1: When yeah, know, I mean, it's not a, it's not like a you know a uh, uh, a surefire thing, but that's just what I would tell people that are new that don't understand what it like feels like to hit like a a decent putter, like you know, cons- or at least like you hit a putter consistently is like mm-hmm. if you can pick it up and do and you feel comfortable hitting it the same distance or at least you know close to the same distance they don't have to stack up but you know pretty pretty consistent like you don't have to make all five or all ten but if you feel like okay yeah no I've got a good feel with this like there's there's different styles of putter so I started off with the blade putter which is going to be like one of the thinner ones the ones that you see you can pick up the ball with on the back end that's like oh is that what that is yeah it's considered it's called a blade putter. Now there's really thin blades that don't like Phil Mickelson, who's a really famous golfer, plays with like a super thin blade where you can't; it doesn't have that little back end, and that's similar to, in my opinion, and this is like putting is kind of a different deal, and people have a lot of different opinions, but it, it, in my opinion, like the the thinner the club, the more technique is required to hit it consistently because it's not as forgiving. Like I now have a mallet, which is one of those like bigger ones. So my mallet is, it's a really popular one. It's called the Spider, a tailor-made Spider. Like basically, it's its one of the top putters sold in the world. Like it's one of the most popular because it's, and that's why I got it because I had so many people use it that I was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna try a mallet and I'm gonna pay, you know, again, because there's so much supply and so much demand for it. The price, I think I paid like 110 bucks for it. Like I paid nothing for that putter. And I got a used one. Like I didn't buy a new one. Because again, putter, as long as you look at it and it's, you don't need new clubs, like especially a putter, like, you know, as long as it's decent, like, and it's not been used for 10 years, like it's pretty hard to have a worn putter. And so I I found a decent one and I like the mallet because I feel more consistent with it. Like I feel more in control, but I played with a blade for, you know, 13 years. I loved my blade, but I just felt like it was time for something new because I wasn't consistent with it anymore. It was weird.
0: Yeah I guess one of the few things I did figure out while my time uh put 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 testing or putter testing for the yeah. first time um I didn't like uh, thicker was better for me I didn't like how th- the thinner ones um yeah. I guess I would also call them the lighter ones I, yeah, I, yeah. I I I I liked a little bit of weight on it so I didn't just Bleep, like exactly. overshoot everything, so that was one of the things I did pick up on that I personally, okay, I like that better um versus those light thin ones that I was just like, nah, I can't do this because then I'll just overshoot
1: everything. Yeah, no, I mean, over- I know I know people that have three or four different putters that'll play with different ones different days based on the condition and things like that because, like you say, like the the blades the thinner ones they're much lighter so you you will i mean you you can gain some momentum on a putt and it will roll meanwhile mine it's like if you want it to go you know 50 60 70 feet you really gotta you gotta put it like it's it's a it's for real so mm-hmm. i like that about it because i want to put some oomph behind it if i'm trying to get it the distance um it's it has its give and take you know like sometimes when i'm putting up a hill um, that's why when I'm off the green, I don't, a lot of people will do what's called a Texas wedge, which I think is hilarious. Is where they're sitting off the green, like in the, in the first cut and it's not flat like that. It's kind of a little bit thicker. What, you got to remind
0: them. me real quick. What's, what's considered the green again? Yes.
1: Yeah, so the green is going to be like the shortest part of the grass where the pin is like that is technically the green. And then you have like a ring around it. You can see when you're looking at it. So like in Dix, they have it. They have like where it's the the turf. Oh, is it where
0: where where uh is the green where you're trying to where the holes at? Yeah, exactly. Okay, that head area head. in the hole, the vicinity yeah. of the hole. Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: And then right, there's continue. a surrounding like there's typically like three layers of grass besides the green. Mm-hmm. So it's the green which is cut really really short. I don't even know how short. But really short. And you have what's called the first cut, which is a little bit longer. It's, you know, it's it, if you're on the first cut, you can putt from it. Like it works that way. That's typically six inches, maybe like width wise. And then you go into the second cut, which is, you know, the mixture between basically the green and the rough. And the rough is going to be more grown out. It's going to look kind of like your yard. Like it's just going to be a little bit longer. And the second cut, I typically chip from the second cut. And I consider anybody who putts from the second cut. To be like Texas wedging it, which means that instead of chipping, they're just taking a putter and they're just pushing it through the grass. I don't like doing that because, again, consistency and like the grass, like you just, you like to know where the ball is going to go. And if you're putting it through, like this is the, this is the intricacies of the game. So, like if the grass is cut, let's say left to right and you're putting right to left, you're, you're putting against the blades of the grass. And so that slows the ball down naturally. Also, when you come off of that grass because it's a little bit taller and it enters onto the flat surface of the green or the first cut, that ball can go right or it can go left. Like it kind of falls a certain way. And it may not seem like a lot, but if you're putting it a decent distance, you can be off by five, six feet by the end of the putt because it fell a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. So there's a lot of like intricacies within it that I like. That's why I chip from there because I'll just kind of pop it over and land on the green and just kind of dribble it over to the hole. That's what I typically do. Now, a lot of people, especially beginners will just say, fuck it. I'm close enough. I'll just putt. And then they get it within, you know, 15 feet. And then they'll putt it again. For me, I don't like doing that. I like putting it as close as I can and I'm pretty good with my wedge. So I like doing that, but that's the intricacies within the game. And so with like a Texas wedge, Like, maybe a blade would be better because you can actually hit it a lot harder, you know, theoretically, because it's lighter. So, there's a lot of different little things. It's But in the beginning, like, a putter that's, you know, you go get like an Odyssey putter, which is a good company, that's, you know, 50 bucks, because they make fucking 100 million of them, and you play with that for a year. And then you get a $150 putter because you're like, oh, you know, I like I like this. I do this with my game like that's that's more me because, again, like I play with the mallet because I'm not going to putt from off the green. I never use my putter unless I'm on the green, even like first cut. Sometimes when I'm sitting like right there, sometimes I'll chip it just because I'm like, ah, I feel like I can put more spin on it or I can get it closer. And it looks pretty stupid, but sometimes I'll do it just because I'm like, ah, you know, I just I kind of like it this way sometimes. So. People yep. are afraid they'll blade it and send it over the green. I don't have that fear. God didn't put fear uh, in me, he just put golf game and lots of Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: I'm definitely I mean last time I was definitely Texas wedging the shit out of it. Shit, it works. I, prob- I I would probably be if it was flat enough, you know, even just outside just the green area and still freaking you know what? Screw it. Just cause my wedge game ain't ain't like that. I I ain't no, got like, wedge game yeah. like that. I
1: uh, I recommend people Texas wedge it when they start because it like it helps you develop a putting game. Like you understand a lot more the more you do it. So I I I mean I don't like it now. For some of the guys I've been working with for a couple of years, I'll tell them, dude, you need to chip that. Like, and they'll say, oh, you know, I can just put it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is not for the score purpose, this is like, you need to chip this so you know how to chip this because it's it's going to be important because you can't Texas wedge everything. Like there's just going to be times that you just you need to chip. And it's going to be uncomfortable because you're so close, and you don't know how to do it. This is a good time to practice that. But for the first like couple years, just do whatever the fuck you want, man, just have a good time. Like it's all about having fun. But as you develop and you learn more, like it's important to like push your boundaries and do different things. Cause then that's how you get better is by, and that's how you have actual fun because you do shit like chip in from 50 yards out. That's like, Holy shit. Like that was, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> I didn't expect to do that. So, I mean, I, my wedge game is usually pretty good. I mean, I chip in at least once every two rounds. I mean, i but that's, that's because I I'm always chipping. Like I'm always chipping. I like to do it and it's fun. Cause you put spin on the ball, you can zip it around, you can move it. It's, I like doing that. It's fun for me putting sucks i hate putting (laughs) so it's so intense and slow and you have to focus so much it sucks
0: yeah i mean i the thing is i can't chip for shit it was so impossible for me to i tried so hard to find to just like get the ball up in the air when i used the wedge yeah it did not want to go it was just literally just ground hard ground balls so i was just like yeah
1: chipping is tough chipping is like. I mean, probably if you're like anywhere within a hundred yards and you're not close to the green, that's I think the hardest shot of the game, like is is being within a hundred yards to where you can't do like a full swing and you have to kind of put it somewhere and land to where you can actually make the putt. Those are those are tough, dude. And that's really when like that's why again I, I die on the hill. Golf is harder than any most sports, I would say, not boxing, but most sports is because like that that takes a lot of skill. I mean, there's wind involved and there's the undulation on the green. Like where are you gonna land it? How's it gonna roll? Is it gonna stop? You know, is the green wet? How's the ball? You know, the all all this sort of stuff. I mean, so it's tough. It's good practice though, and it's fun.
2: Yeah. It's just uh with all the
0: the chaos going around with the kids and whatnot, I just felt like it would have been nice if I could have been like, hey, I got us a tee time tomorrow. Like,
1: Yeah. Go go do this. Go buy. I don't know what your budget is, but this is what I would do if I had some money to spend on clubs. And this might be too much, but this is this is what I would do. I'd spend 50 bucks on a putter. I'd go get an Odyssey putter from somebody on Facebook Marketplace. now I'd go look for, you know, a five to 10-year-old set of irons in the range of 150 to 250, you know, preferably in the $200 range. So you're at 250 to 300 right there, and I'd spend another 150, maybe 200 dollars on a driver, three wood, and a rescue club or a five wood. And those are your three woods. You have your putter, you have your irons that come with a pitching wedge, you have a sandwich, hopefully in that set, and you have a putter. And that's you know four or five hundred bucks. You got a whole set. You just have to buy a bag, and that would be the only. But bags, you you can get a bag. Bags don't give it. A... It doesn't matter. Like as long as it holds golf balls, it doesn't fucking matter. So like that. That's. Bags are one of those things like towels or whatever that you just, uh, as, as time goes on, you just get prettier shit, but it doesn't matter. So yeah, I've had, I don't even know a dozen golf bags and I just will like randomly change. them it's like, ah, I'm feeling black today. I'm feeling white. I'm feeling blue. You know, it's, it's whatever, you know, I'm
0: just I'm feeling blue.
1: Golf bags though. are Ridiculous. You can, you can find golf bags for like $400. It's stupid. Like, yeah
0: i don't know maybe maybe i'll start uh collecting soon who knows i mean first things first i need to
2: you know just get settled in to pay them pay my mortgage every month
1: it's better than rent
2: i guess yeah finally uh got
0: some got our shades in finally got our roller shades in and installed them (sighs) It's a whole new world out here, dude. It is a whole new world. I was living in a fishbowl for the past almost month.
1: <laughs> dude, I don't even want to talk. Was it hot up there? How hot is it up there?
0: Uh, I mean, it gets, on average, like
1: 88,
0: I would say, is the high,
2: typically. Dude, um, I'm jealous.
1: So get yeah. this. I did the math for our bills last month and then this month because I was collecting and our so we moved from that little it's probably fifteen sixteen hundred square foot you know one story nineteen fifties build house foundation issues leaking you know AC like because the AC just didn't it didn't say insulated is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um we paid last month like one sixty for electricity Bro, we got our first electricity bill for this two-story, like twenty six, twenty seven hundred square foot house. Bro, guess how much that electricity bill was? 80. What? $80? I oh, don't
0: know. I just bro, it's
1: it's averaging like 98 degrees here every day.
0: I like get in the yeah, car. Never...
1: My car told me that it was 107. Granted, I have a black car, so <laughs> it was said it was a hundred and seven. When I got in the car, it's so hot. If I wear shorts too short, my legs burn on the leather. That's how hot it is. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're sitting
0: like, ah, ah, dude, I, I, I mean, living my whole life in Texas. Yes, it's where if you go outside and do anything but walk straight to your car, then you're sweating. Oh, it was and even bad. then, even then, you're probably still sweating
1: fucking miserable our electricity bill this month is $495
0: oh I thought you said it was 98
1: no well oh, you said it was 98 it's outside not- our electricity bill was $495
2: bro
0: what do you keep the thermostat on 68
1: 71 <laughs> like 71 72 we keep all the shades closed most of the day. Like, I have mine open right now, but that's because it's fucking 8 p.m. <laughs> Bro, 71, like, w- the first couple of days, we were we were feeling spicy. We had it, like, 68, 69, because in the last house, it wouldn't even get that cold. And so we were feeling spicy. We're like, fuck it. We'll turn it way down. Feels great. Wake up in the morning, like, shivering. It's great. Not doing that ever again. 4.95. That was painful, When I opened it, because I was looking at my bills and I was like looking through like recent stuff, you know, what I've eaten, that sort of stuff, like just doing a monthly accounting. And I was like, "What did I spend so much money on on Wednesday?" Like, I didn't do anything on Wednesday, and I pulled it up, and it was the electricity bill. I was like, "What the fuck?" It's like more money than I spent last weekend going out. Like. In eating and every it was crazy. Five hundred dollars electricity bill, bro. Don't move to Texas, y'all fuckers from California and New York, bro. Don't come here anymore,
0: <laughs> bro. E- I thought my eighty dollar, eighty five dollar power bill was a little
1: ugh. Uh, it's kind of like uh No, nah, I did. I did all the. Uh, accounting for last month and all of our utilities combined were less than the electricity bill this month i mean mean, it's like
2: half of rent right there.
1: (laughs) that's pretty pretty nasty dude how expensive it is so looked at that i was like all right and i went immediately went upstairs and like turned it up to like 74 (laughs) i was like (laughs) before is what we're gonna rock for the next like couple (laughs) days We'll we'll turn it down when i go to sleep but yeah, is going to be what it's going to be. So, yeah, I've
0: been, yeah, I've been having the, the nest. So I don't know if I said this on here. We have a dual system, so um, there's two separate. It's one HVAC system, one HVAC, but two separate, one going to upstairs, one for downstairs. So oh, it's fine. controlled by two different thermostats. So for the upstairs one, we have a Nest, and I have it to where it's just like it detects my location when when I'm when we're away, you know, work whatever. It just goes into econ eco mode, whatever. Bruh, it it was doing okay, but then like today it was like Mia got home first, which usually doesn't happen. I usually get home first. Mia got home first, and it was. I think I saw when I got home, it was, like, almost up near, it might have been, like, 78. Gross. And she was not happy, to say the least. I was like, my bad. You know, I'll set it to, like, energy saving, but, like, maybe not so. Because I think it's set to, like, the eco is, like, 84 degrees. (laughs) 84 degrees but uh-huh. realistically i'm not like expecting it to go all the way up to 84 it kind of just depends on the day you know how hard the the sun is hitting and whatnot when all that jive but i think after today i was like eh, I'm, I'm gonna it set would, some yeah. bound. Ba- i'm gonna set some boundaries here i mean it could like kind of chill out when we're away from the house but i need to set some boundaries i can't can't be letting this thing go free, you know, the AI go free on its own and whatnot, but yeah, I'm trying to get all that controlled, because we had it easy in our apartment, we were like a corner unit, first floor, like just the position, we were kind of tucked in the corner, so like we didn't get any direct sun or anything like that, so I could literally leave
2: you know the ac on 72 and
0: turn it off for the day you know maybe go up to
2: 73 maybe so like it was minimal ac usage and kind of
0: had to adjust now that we're moved into the house it's like well we don't have that uh you know, that um privilege here anymore. So uh kinda gotta watch gotta watch everything and whatnot. So uh hoping the blinds I mean not hoping, they are gonna make a difference. I mean it's a huge difference. Roller shades and whatnot. Um but it's nice that I can walk outside of my room in my underwear and not be like <sighs> Is somebody going to happen to be, like, a construction worker across the street, like, across the unit? Like,
1: Ain't nobody want to see that.
0: On oh, the God. same floor, are they going to happen to look into the look. window and see see me in my underwear? It's like, gosh darn it. So, I, I, I'm I, just, I'm ecstatic that we finally have some shades. I feel like I can kind of... Disassociate with the outside world. You you could see everything and whatnot. It feels like you're just constantly. I I, I want to come home and disassociate with everything outside. You know what I mean? Does that make sense?
1: No. I, what What is your life? That's so fucking boring. You move to Tennessee and you get excited because you get blinds in. Come on, bro. That's what you got for me. Is you're excited have, because you get blinds in? Have Have
0: you Have you, you, have you like Have you lived somewhere with no
2: blinds?
1: Yes. Plenty of times. Did, did you just like,
2: you're like, Oh, cool. No. no biggie.
1: No, I just am saying like you're ecstatic. Cause you get blinds. It's just funny to me. Bro. Uh, how um, is, how is married life? I guess that's, that's, that's my next question is I guess married life. You get excited when blinds come in. I love this. Married,
0: married life is good. Uh,
1: married life is good.
0: Yeah, bro. I went just, out, uh, I
1: went out uh, to the bars last weekend Man, let me tell you, this single world, man, it's, uh, I'm starting to get jealous of those people that found people in college. It feels a little bit easier back in college, walking up to girls nowadays, and they're asking you how much money you make. That's legitimately, I had two girls ask me that this past weekend. Like how much, not even what I do for a living, how much money do I make? I was sitting there like, excuse me? i was gonna buy you a drink but now i guess i can't afford a drink for you because i don't make you know 10 million dollars a year like we're 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 at a heights bar right now it's like a beer costs six dollars what do you mean
0: we're in a recession woman (laughs) vegas
1: like what is going on dude? single world is interesting right now dude because it's 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 a weird like dichotomy between like two ends of the spectrum so there's one end of the spectrum where it's the girls that like i'm 27 now late happy birthday to me they either are coming out of college and so they're like 23 24 and they're just like you know i just want to have fun and that sort of thing but like they don't actually want to have fun they don't know what fun is like they think fun is like college fun which it's not it's welcome to the real real world well like fun is different in the real world it's not college fun like, we used to do some shit in college that was, like, <laughs> wild. And now when you get into the adult world, it's, like, fun is you take it down a couple notches. Like, if you have... I don't know. Like, there's just a, there's a difference, right? Like, when you're in college, you have 50 bucks on a Friday night. Like, you're about to have the time of your life. Like, that is, that is a night you are never going to forget if you have 50 bucks in your pocket walking into a college bar. But now it's like you got to have like a couple G's in your pocket to go into the real world and like have some actual fun you know what I mean like that's just a
0: couple G's
1: it's just a little bit different bro it's a little bit different so there's the college girls that are like looking for quote fun and then they get hit in the face with the fact that like fun is like expensive (laughs) and then there's the girls that are typically like they just got out of a relationship or they're like in their late 20s and they're seasoned and they've been around and they might have like a sugar daddy somewhere like some where they've lived a little they understand that fun is like like i said a couple Gs bro it takes and those are the girls and they're the ones that are usually pretty good looking and i'm going up talking to them and they're asking me how much money i make i guess that's just that's just the entry like hi i'm alex how much money do you make like quite literally it's not that egregious but it's it's pretty much in the first couple sentences and i'm like all right well i was gonna buy you a nice drink but i guess that requires you know a certain limit on my tax returns for me to afford that <laughs> yeah
0: she's like awesome. uh can i see some w-2s or... yeah
1: exactly it's like <laughs> what was your, your job? it's like a, it's harder than getting a job and it's like the worst job market i've got friends looking for jobs and it's like geez have you gone onto the bars recently it's terrible out here it's terrible (laughs) it's worse i'd rather apply for 10 jobs and do this so yeah it's 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 an interesting line to balance you know there's there's the good ones and then there's the not so good ones there's the expensive ones there's the cheap ones there's the ones that want to have fun there's ones that don't know what fun is and uh we out here struggling man we out here struggling I wouldn't trade it for the world because i get plenty of stories every single time i go out there's always a good story that comes from it like you know this past weekend having two girls ask me how much i make is uh that's a that's an interesting thing to uh i don't even know how to i mean i'm in sales bro like i overcome objections all day like people tell me they don't want something and i explain to them why they should have it and then they end up getting it but if you hit me with how much money you make i don't know what to say Like, what is the right answer in this solution? Is there multiple choice? Like, what is A, B, C, and D? Like, is there? I just usually pick C because that's like, according to math, like forty percent correct, right? Like, isn't that the? Didn't you ever do that in school where you just put C, 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 C if you didn't know the answer? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, I think I read something online that this was mostly the answer. So, yeah, I looked at, I looked at the first one. I was like, not enough. (laughs) That was the first one, and I walked off. And then the second one, I was like, "Not again, dude! <laughs> what is this?"
0: The second so, one, you're like, "All right, I'm tired of dating."
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is what? I guess I'm not finding somebody today. This is uh, this is interesting, bro."
0: So, <laughs> I really want to know. I need to know, you know, exactly how tell you. it led. It led to how did they ask that? Because I'm very, I I'm very curious. Obviously, I'm, I'm okay. married and stuff, I'm so. uh all I get told is how come you don't make more? <laughs> That's all I get told. Not really like see, how see, much do you, you make is like late why don't you...
1: onset of that. Like if you had met me at this time, she might be one of those girls that asked how much she, she might cause this is just a late onset of that question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Why why don't you make more? So I'm very curious as to how this is uh, brought up now in, in modern days uh in your situation yeah like what you don't have to say exactly word for word what the conversation but you how, what mate what do they say at first and then what lead what is what happens previous to them asking that question and then what what follows that
1: let's see well i told you it follows both of them i just first one i just said not enough and then walked off and then the second one, I said, not again. So that was the, that was the end of both of those conversations. Cause I realized, I, uh, cause that's, I, I don't really get stumped very often in conversation. I'm pretty good. Like, you know, communicating one-on-one with somebody I can usually like got some, I've got some suave to me. I've got some smoothness, but when it comes to those kinds of questions, we're talking about hard empirical facts, financial data that you want out of me in the first couple sentences. What the fuck do you want from me? Like, what is the right answer here? Like, I got to look, I got to analyze. She wearing, you know, Gucci purse. She have Louis Vuitton. Like what's her, I mean, this nails done. Like what, what am I looking at here? What's my, what's my daily cost per like, yeah, my cost per day to be with this woman. And let me tell you, I don't, I don't analyze that before I walk up. I just push the fuck it button. you know I take a deep breath, five seconds of courage, and I walk up. That's all I do. And mm-hmm. once I do that, and then I get hit with something like that, well, that's when planning is probably a better idea to at least you know take a, <laughs> take a scan real quick and be like, well, she's wearing about two thousand dollars in clothes, and her purse is about five. It might be not the girl you want to walk up to, Alex, because you're not a, you know, mid 40s guy who's recently divorced that has enough money because he sold his company looking for somebody to take on a PJ. You know, I'm not I'm not that guy. You know, that's okay though, because, you know, that guy, I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to say some stuff. (laughs) So the first one, I noticed her from like across the bar, just standing there. I was ordering a drink. Classic walked over to the bros. Hey, elbow. See that girl over there? yeah, 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 she's, she's good looking, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I'm gonna go talk to her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. go talk to her. I'm like, no, nah, bitch, I am that man. I am gonna, I'm that dude. I'm gonna walk over there, I'm gonna talk to them. So, I always focus on a couple things. I focus on, she in a group with friends, she's in a group with friends, does she look sad? If she looks sad, she needs somebody to talk to. If she needs somebody to talk to, Alex is your guy. If not, if she's looking like she's having a good time, can I match that energy? Can I have as much fun as the rest of the girls? Is she standing? Is she sitting at a table? There's all these different things that go into it. Is she ordering a drink? Is her drink almost empty? There's a lot of factors that go into this, David. again, I don't do a lot of these things when i when I look at a girl. I just say, "Fuck it. I go for it. You know, it's kind of like you, you you swing a bat a thousand times. you're gonna hit one of the balls, kind of thing. <laughs> it's just, yeah,
0: you're going. Blind squirrel finds a nut eventually.
1: Exactly, and I'm not a blind squirrel. One of my eyes works, but neither of my ears do. So we're we're <laughs> we're, we're going for it. So oh well, yeah yeah no I'm gonna talk. And this girl was standing, like looking like she's having a decent time. You know, she's she's you know it was, it was approachable. It was an approachable moment. There's a there's a spot on her left side. You know, stand next to the bar. Realize I could slide in. You know, just say hey. Nice to meet you. My name's Alex. I noticed you from over there. I think you're very good looking. I'd like to buy you a drink. She goes, oh, that's very nice. My name is so-and-so. I'm like, it's great to meet you. What would you like to drink? She goes, well, I've been drinking this, but I'm really curious. What do you do for a living? And I was sitting there. I was like, well, I'm in real estate. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's that's great. You know, how, how much do you make? And I was sitting there. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what? I I just let me buy you a drink first before you ask me that. It was quite literally how the conversation went. I was like, okay. Uh, you know, not enough, apparently. And then I just walked off.
0: Did you say real estate?
1: Yeah, I said real estate because I do work in real estate.
0: But like, how come you don't say your main job?
1: That I mean, it is my main job. I work I sell insurance for homes, cars. I work in real estate. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a suave way of putting it, David, because if I say I sell insurance, I might as well just wear my glasses with tape on them. <laughs> Come on, David, you gotta play <laughs> the game. You gotta pad the cell a little bit, you know, that's what you gotta do. But I do, I do, I do other stuff inside of real estate. Like I, I'm not, but that's that, I guess maybe I should adjust the way I say things because I think they're thinking I own like. In, a, in an apartment complex or something. You know what I mean? Like that 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 could be, you know, my issue. You know, I'm always trying to adjust the way I approach things. And, you know, what's wrong with me? What can I do different to achieve the goal of at least having a five sentence conversation with this woman? And apparently what I'm saying only gets me two sentences. And the second one is how much money do I make? So <laughs> not, not the right approach.
0: Yeah, I, now that you say it, I'm assuming you told the second girl of real estate.
1: Absolutely, you work, you work in real estate. Real estate, sexy David. Come on.
0: I- I'm assuming it. I mean, not not with this market right now, but <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe that's why she she was asking. She yeah, was like, "Yo, exactly. this market, this market kind of trash. What you exactly. mean? You ain't making that much money, bro?" <laughs> yes.
1: <Yeah,
0: so>, uh... <laughs> So either she's very well in tune. Here, here, here's some counters. One, she's well in tune with the market, Mm. therefore she knows. She's like, bro, what's, how much you making, bro? Cause I don't fuck with broke boys. I don't Mm. fuck with broke boys. (laughs) And that real estate market, real estate market down. Or maybe she wants to get into real estate, so she was just. Very curious. I mean, I'm mean, there to ha-
1: buy her a drink, not talk about real estate, David. This is just the entry point of what she's asking me what I do for a living.
0: Well, maybe that's why you should just say you sell
2: insurance or your insurance broker. Ooh.
1: Hmm. Let me just give her my LinkedIn. You want to check my LinkedIn? I'll carry around one of those cards. I just tap it on the phone. Pulls up my whole resume. <laughs> like, this is the <laughs> fucking answer my median income the last five years
0: now okay i mean technically you're not an insurance broker are you i am oh you are see bro see you say that that's a little bit more
1: dude okay i'm an
0: podcaster
1: i do real estate marketing okay those are those are the three things those that's what i say those are those are like the three things
0: do you ever just say podcaster by itself? <laughs>
1: oh, <don't> Cuz <laughs> you know, what's the name of your podcast sliced apple? Oh, you cook? No, I don't cook. Well, I do, but it's not about that. Why is it why is it named that? Well, it, it's a long story.
0: <laughs> that's the marketing we're missing the 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 That's name. the mar- that's the market we're missing the the girls that uh ask how much you make in the second sentence that we could that market we could just be tapping into its untapped potential right now you could have just been like i'm a podcaster i'm a pod- slice apples how much do you make
1: <laughs> please
0: enough. please do the i wish Barney. i had
1: that much confidence to say enough but then i know i'll end up buying bottle service for her and her four friends and then she'll catch an uber and leave at some point i'll be like all right well there's a couple grand just gone
0: you should just be like you come home with me we and, sleep you, on you, and and <laughs> you and you find out your answer and you will get your answer
1: nah nah <laughs> I'm good,
0: I don't know, maybe it's I, I just i can't help but think it's the real estate
1: uh
2: answer that if if you were to say like insurance broker or I what say if insurance in sales that could possibly, work. that could possibly work, yeah. Yeah, I I just feel like real estate is like
1: because you know it's a bigger loser than an insurance salesman. People who sell fucking software, everybody sells fucking software. So annoying. I talk to people and like I'm in sales. I'm like, what do you sell? I'm like so software. I'm like, so you sell nothing. I sell nothing. But at least when nothing happens or when something happens, my nothing is there. When something happens to you, you just like send a little program over and it fixes it. That's what you sell. You sell nothing. I had a conversation with a buddy who is in software sales and we laughed about this for like 30 minutes. Cause like we literally, he and I sell nothing tangible. Like we don't, there's nothing, there's nothing real about what I sell and there's nothing real about what he sells. We just sell nothing. And it's hilarious. Like Topher, great example. Tover sells like construction materials, like that build buildings. Like he can point out and say, I sold the materials that built that building. I can go, well, if that building burns down, you know, one of the companies that I wrote with will pay for that building to get rebuilt. But, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't just point it out and be like, that is what I sell. Yeah. Or like, this Apple computer. Yep. I am Steve Jobs. I, I sold this shit. It
1: has to be worse, though, if I'm like, yeah, I work at Apple. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a genius. <laughs> one of those guys that works on computers in the store
2: now, were
0: these girls after post did you do like a post game evaluation did you review the 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 film um did you watch tape on it and yeah. and like realize okay louis Vuitton never full purse um then we got the we got the i don't know um that Not Kate Spade uh, Tory Tory Birch Tory Birch sandals. Uh we got the the Tory Birch earrings. Mm. Did did you do any analyzation mm. like that post post game analyzation? Being like, damn. i I misread that one.
1: Mm. Did I misread any of them? Absolutely. Did I misread them? <laughs> did I care and make the same mistake again? Didn't care, made the same mistake again.
0: Because you were, you were sure, I'm pretty sure you were sure, like, nah, that's not going to happen again. Bro, what does
1: Wayne Gretzky say? What does Wayne Gretzky say?
0: Um, you mean what does Michael Scott say?
1: Okay, what does Michael Scott say?
0: You miss 100% of the shots that's you don't take.
1: absolutely right. So you're telling me if I'm analyzing post-game, and I'm going to look at that and I go, man, that elbow jumper ain't working today. Bruh. That's, that's the attitude of a loser. That elbow jumper will work. I might go one for six, and Spolster might pull me, but I'm gonna make one of them. That's for sure. So no, I didn't analyze my game. That's why I'm sitting here analyzing it with you. This is the singles world, David.
0: I, I guess yeah, we got to review the footage. This is tape. This is uh, Monday quarterback. Monday <laughs> Monday quarterback session. You know what I mean?
1: This is this is a. Uh... This is how it is, though. This is a uh, it's an interesting time, man. It's an interesting time to be single. I'm enjoying it, though. It's uh it's fun. Um, You know, every once in a while, is it nice to just have would it just be nice to have a girl that just holds it down? Absolutely. Do I miss that every once in a while? Yeah, sometimes I don't miss, you know, per example, from you, you know, I wish you made more. That's so do I take the trade-off? Yeah. No, I take, the, I take the single life trade-off because then Willow just looks at me and goes, why don't you make more? I go, you're right. I'll just keep feeding you kibble instead of ribeye. <laughs> <How about laughs> you can just deal with it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I ask myself, why don't I make more either? Mm.
1: You I stare just yourself appreciate- in the mirror and you like, point at the mirror and you're like, you, you need to make more.
0: I expect No, it's, it's like I dropped $300 on NFL Sunday ticket and it's
2: like, David, Get it together, dude. Come bro, on, it's like, bro.
1: It's like me taking Willow to the vet, and I, <laughs> I didn't take her to the vet, and I don't even know how long it had been—like a year or something. She's out of date on so many shots, and I was Fourth of July coming up. I was like, I need to, I need to do this. This is this is going to be something that kennels ask about. And I can't just tell her that, tell them that you know she's cute and fluffy and won't bite anybody because it's just not true. I mean, she is cute and fluffy, but I mean, she bites somebody, and she didn't have a rabies update. That's going to be a problem. And I I don't really feel like dealing with that. So I walked out of the vet after dropping a cool $500 and uh, looked at my dog and said, the fuck are you so expensive for? Get in the car. <laughs> so, yeah, I already got one expensive girl in my life. I'm good. I'm good on bringing in another one, especially one that wears, you know, Gucci flip flops and carries a Louis Vuitton purse and expects, you know, you know dinners in Paris or whatever the fuck. I don't even know at, at least
0: they didn't see your car bro that <laughs> you been
1: that's been a that's been a curse man, like honestly, like driving that car that's something I didn't expect is it's never been something where it's like, oh I pull up and then there's girls you know it, it doesn't happen like that. My buddy with a porsche that's happened to him, and he he's kind of got it like that he's got he's got a good amount of money, but like for me, I am lucky in that way where you know if if or I should say when. I do get to that point. That poor girl, and she comes to my car, and I drive to my place. There is some expectation levels that do rise. You know, there is certainly some things. Now, am I grateful she's not getting in the old brown 2008 F150? Yes. Am I kind of questioning why I didn't just buy a nice end Kia? Also, yes. However, am I sad at the the fact that I purchased a beautiful vehicle? No, absolutely not. I love my car. But it does create some expectations that you know shouldn't be there. Now, these are girls that don't ask me how much I make. Do they ask me after they get in the car? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But at that point in time, I usually skirt it because I have some details and I can usually maneuver my way around that question. So my point is, is that boys out there, Single men, don't be sharing with these women how much money you make. They don't need to know. It doesn't matter. If you got game, you got game. You're not worried about paying for a wedding ring. This woman doesn't want to get married in six months unless you got it like that. Again, if you're a divorced 45-year-old silver fox who's looking for some girls to take to Miami in his PJ, you might need to share how much money you make. But for a 27-year-old insurance broker, you don't need to know not a big deal take your drink talk to me for 20 minutes and then walk off that's what happens
2: real estate bud.
1: yeah you're right i am in real estate
2: so i mean
1: at least i'm not into gambling bro that's 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 the thing that is uh is killing some people right now bro you heard about this you see this you see the colts players
2: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: dude what's up with nfl players and gambling bro like do people just not know what to do with their money like i i get it you want to you want to gamble on other athletes i get it like you're in the club with them you want to party i get it but like apparently one of the guys got caught because he was gambling in one of the facilities like he was placing bets like on the titans wi-fi Like, what are we doing like you know do it at home like you got you got homies, like why are you running you running your bets across like across your offensive coordinator? You're like, hey, bro, 76ers got it tonight, bro I'm feeling that under on James Harden's assist, bro and I'm feeling the over on the turnovers. It's like, come on, man, we're better than this
0: i I just don't understand. like I mean it's pretty clear cut.
2: can't bet. You're an NFL player, you're already making millions of dollars I mean. Trust me, I understand, I understand the urge to want to, (laughs) to put
0: in those mighty bets, those wagers, but I'm not a millionaire at the same time, so, um, (laughs) and my
2: contract doesn't stipulate that I cannot bet or gamble, so here I am, but yeah, that's, that's crazy, uh you know, with the whole,
0: first starting with the whole Calvin Ridley thing, and now it kind of snowballing into this whole cult situation, um, yeah, dude, I, I just, it's, it's honestly crazy to me, I saw one guy suspended indefinitely, (laughs) like, what does that mean, does that mean you're, like, in the Pete Rose treatment, like, you're just banned?
3: Um, Yeah,
1: Indianapolis Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers and defensive end Rashad Berry were among the players suspended indefinitely by the NFL on Thursday for violating the league's gambling policy. Ray Rogers and free agent uh, uh, defensive end Demetrius Thomas were all suspended through at least the 2023 season for gambling on NFL games in 2022. And then the Titans' offensive lineman, uh, Nicholas petit frere I don't know how to say his name, also received a six-game suspension for gambling on non-NFL games at team facilities. Apparently, I read this, uh, the thing he put out, though, the Titans guy. And apparently the rule is, this is what he said. Firstly, I want to say that it's an honor to playing the NFL, and it's been a blessing uh, to play this game. The NFL plans to announce another round of sanctions regarding its gambling, and I will be included in this group of players receiving a six-game suspension. The betting I engaged in was not NFL-related. And was legal under Tennessee law, it is only being sanctioned because it occurred at the Tennessee facility. I want to apologize, yada yada. Even after attending, I was unaware about the specifics around placing bets from a team facility. So according to him, you can bet on non-NFL games. It's just this man placed the bets at the team facility. The other guys bet on NFL games, which is ridiculous to me.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh very highly illegal. I don't know if you knew, <laughs> no, but, but recently um, there's been, I mean, I think the investigation is kind of still ongoing. Uh, there was a big deal with up to, I think it was probably towards the fall of last year.
2: There was uh, a year ago, there was a certain point where uh, UFC fighters can freely bet anything. Oh wow, uh, UFC and whatnot. There, it was
0: actually pretty common for you know lower end fighters that are kind of like trying to make their way up, get their name known. It would be pretty common for them to post like a ticket or something of them putting like a thousand dollars on themselves. Um, you know, talking about like I bet on myself, like da 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 da, whatever. All that cliche shit. So that was actually a pretty common thing. Up until it got to the point, there was one of the, one of the big coaches in, in one of the biggest gyms in the country. Um, he was actually, for a short period of time, uh, the head coach for
2: Brandon Moreno. Um, he. Come on. Jerry. Uh, uh, Klaus.
1: Yeah, I think it's Jerry Kraus, actually. Jerry
0: Crau- Kraus, yeah, or, Krau- James Kraus, yeah, yeah, James Kraus, yeah, yeah, James Kraus. So he actually was one of the biggest bettors, and um, he 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 already retired from fighting. He was a fighter slash coach, but then he kind of like retired from the fighting side and just focused on coaching and running his gym and. So, but one of the things he did on the side, he had a huge Discord betting Discord. And I'm talking about he was making fat stacks. Like he he was making more on gambling, like on fights and stuff than he would like just fighting or coaching his coaching coaching the fighters and whatnot. He was making more gambling and all that. Um, And it's funny because he kind of exposed himself uh, last time he went on Ariel Helwani's show, and that's what led to the whole investigation. Um, He kind of snitched himself out talking about, like, oh, I make more money on you. Like, Ariel was just asking him about it. Because at the time, it was just kind of like a chill thing. It was just... It was pretty known, UFC fighters, there was no restrictions on them. They bet on UFC fights. Well, it was a little sus when um, one of his fighters came in to, he was like on a fight night card, prelim fight night card. I think he came in somewhat injured. It was reported that on the Discord shortly before the fight, this guy was a heavy favorite. Shortly before the fight, on the Discord, it was posted,
2: allegedly, posted for the people to put their money on the opposition, the underdog. And
0: so, and the way the fight ended, too, was kind of, essentially, it it seems as if allegedly, allegedly, No, this is the guy. The guy came. Yeah, (laughs) the guy. The guy came in injured, but he still fought. Therefore, Kraus told the Discord to bet on the other guy. Put heavy money on the other guy. Other guy won very swiftly and quickly. And obviously, that's gonna throw fucking red flags all over the fucking place. And it got to the point where I think they're one of the companies in Canada, like, they were going to take UFC betting off their sites and stuff until something was done by the UFC. And obviously, in an indirect way, if you don't know those two fans, like, gambling leads to... When people could gamble on your product... It just leads to more viewership. You're you're going to tune in more. Like, I think ultimately that's why the sports betting thing has just total 180'd in the last 10 years because the NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing, they all realize when people could bet on our product, they watch it more. They're more oh, yeah. interested. You get more fans. I mean, how did I get into hockey? Because I started being a freaking degenerate and randomly just betting on it. So I started watching it and realizing, oh, shit, it's kind of fire. You know what I mean? Jeez, I was I, I, such a degenerate. I bet on golf and actually watched, like, the Masters or whatever it was, like a year or two ago, and was intensely watching it. Like, that shit, it's just it's
1: I want, the facts. I want, to, I want to tell you, though, what he said on this. Because so, according to this, which is MMAJunkie.USA.com, so in an appearance on the MMA Hour, which is Errol Hawani's show, Kraus reveals quite openly and casually, this is August 1st, 2022, that he regularly bets on fights, including those involving his own fighters, with positive results. Kraus touts the success of his MMA betting discord channel known as the 1% Club and explains how he makes more money from gambling than he does coaching. Quote, "I bet every single card just about every fight," Krause said. "I make more money gambling on MMA than I do anything else. I don't make shit on coaching, absolutely not. If you're talking about time, if I go out on on a Wednesday to Sunday to corner fighters, I make 10% of a guy's purse. If we're not talking about Brandon Moreno, most of my guys are entry level guys, 12,000 to show, 12,000 to win. 14-14." I have some guys making in the 20s, even that 10% or 20%, 20 or 20 grand. 20, 10% of 20 grand is 2K. I'm on the road every weekend, Wednesday through Sunday. It's not even close. And like you say, cra- cool, cr- crazy line movement among sports, better, sports books became apparent in the final hours leading up to USC Fight Night 214 bout between not even going to pretend nerd to be yank nerd nerd damn being 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 k i don't know and minner uh including odds for nerd at whatever win by knockout tko drastically shifted from plus 300 to plus 155 caused by increased bets placed on nerd whatever to win by that method
0: does he not have a first name bro <laughs> no I,
1: I mean it's uh i don't know it doesn't say here uh no, it's Shay Shaylee Shay Shayland. Oh, never, never mind, never mind. Shayland Shayland nerd nerded and Bianca. I don't know. I'm saying it so wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, Shaylian goes on to defeat Minner by first round TKO via elbows in just 67 seconds. His win is assisted by Minner getting injured when he throws a kick. It's later revealed that Minner had an undisclosed knee injury heading into the fight. Minner is cornered by Kraus. Fight's outcome in the manner it. In which it ends, raise suspicions and uh, potential inside inf- about potential inside information. So that's November 5th, 2022. And he's- and so that's three months after he admits that he bets on every card. It sounds like this guy's a fucking moron. Really, what he is, is he's a narcissist because he's just like, I bet on everything. I make so much more money doing this. And then he's still like coaching. And it's like, come on, bro. Like, obviously. If you're betting on your own players, like, come on! (laughs) I
0: I will say, giving context, because I saw the whole interview. It wasn't like he was out there kind of bragging and whatnot. Um, You know, Ariel was asking him about this stuff, and one of the things is Ariel is very big on. He cares a lot about fighter pay, and so I think. In a way, Ariel was egging it on a little bit because he was mentioning the pay of his fighters, as you were saying in that quote. And so it, was, it wasn't like a, a humble brag, like, yeah, I'm, I'm out here, just blah, blah, blah. It was kind of, in a way, it was a very casual conversation. And it's one of those things that it just it came out, and I'm pretty sure he was like, later like man maybe I shouldn't have said all that now here we
1: are (laughs) yeah and then shit hits the fan bro right like you're saying right after uh so New Jersey November 19th so this is the fight is November 5th and then the 19th headlines here New Jersey takes action against Krause involved fights. December 1st Ontario Gambling Commission stops UFC wagering. The next day Alberta becomes second Canadian province to ban UFC betting. And then that same day UFC prohibits Krause fighters from competition. Uh the 9th of that same month, uh it says White uh, Dana White says UFC fixing fight fight fixing a huge concern, FBI involved. Um then the next thing Dana White, yeah, December 14th, December 26th, January 12th. January 12th, Krause allegedly worked for Offshore Online sports book. Yeah, and then January 17th, NAC says Molina involved in subs- some substantial way. Damn, shit hit the fan, dude, in November for him. November 22nd. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and the crazy part was um, Brandon Moreno fought in January. And so, this is all happening, and he's supposed to be starting camp and whatnot. So there's a lot of like drama going on with him because we're like, "Whoa, who who are you? Like, what's going on? You can't you can't train under Kraus anymore. What are you gonna do? Are you still gonna fight? Are you not gonna fight? Um,
2: If so, who's gonna be your new coach?" And yeah, it was. Drama. It was drama
0: for
3: sure.
1: Anyway. So the NFL players are getting in on this action.
0: Yeah, essentially.
1: Uh, We will we will see what happens with them. But that is I think it's kind of hilarious. Like I I really do. I mean, these guys are super athletes. And unlike the UFC, I mean most of these guys are making a pretty good living. You know, if you're if you're a regular roster spot guy. I mean, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, I think veteran minimum for NBA is seven fifty. I'm sure it's in the same ballpark for NFL. I could look it up, but it's somewhere in that range. You're making at least a couple hundred grand a month. You know, I know a lot of that goes into like health and training and things like you may not be pocketing a ton, you know, at the end of the day. But if you're a regular roster spot guy, you, you sign a contract, it only takes one contract, you get a cool, you know, twenty million. I just think it's kind of funny that what
0: it's just like, you could bet, just don't bet on your sport, bro. Yeah, like
1: it's, it's not even like it's, I mean, would you say is it better? What is the most fun sport to bet on? I would think NFL is probably one of the least fun or am I wrong? Is it, is it mo- one of the most fun to bet on?
0: It it, it depends on the person uh, everybody. I feel like I think the most fun to bet on is the one where you where you win the most
1: so i would think uh, ufc is probably the most fun because like i would think that adrenaline rush from like betting somebody get a ko in the second round and you just hear or you just see the whap, and he hits him in the temple and the guy goes down like that adrenaline rush like let's go like i would think that would be the best and then a team sport like you have like game-winning touchdown or game-winning interception a home run you know a, a last second goal you know that that's sort of like that's something but I, I don't think there's anything in my you know uh, what, uh virgin opinion that is better <laughs> than like a knockout to win a bet like i would think that would be the best so yeah, if you're gonna bet like bet on ufc bro come on i feel like that's an easy one
0: i i do yeah ufc is very fun to bet on i actually hit a pretty gnarly four leg UFC parlay on the last card. Too Oof. bad. Um, I, I I just I just used a a dollar dollar free bet, so I only won five oh. bucks.
1: You only won how much?
0: Five bucks. Oh but, oh no faith. But no, because it was a free bet. Oh. I, I I I am free. not allowed as of right now i'm not allowing myself to put any of my physical money into these sports books
1: all right let's and, let's 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 see this so let's say this this gambling issue goes on and it explodes like we're having in a, like a like an epidemic of players gambling we have a ton of people suspended just hypothetically just hypothetically i want to know in your opinion do you think that the general population and the media is going to view it worse than the steroid era of the MLB. Cause I feel like the steroid era is just shit on by so many, at least during the time. Now I look back on it. I'm like, bro, juice them boys up. Like I want to see 500 footers. Like, what are we talking about? Come on, let's make the sport interesting. It's at least a lot more interesting now, but I feel like at the time, when Sosa and McGuire and that all came, I think that was like pretty – and Barry Bonds, like – I think it was egregious if you see Barry Bonds as a rookie and then like what he was when he when he hit the, what, 73 home runs. I mean, that's, that's pretty egregious. <laughs> the dude was fucking massive, bro. <laughs> so big. He was like 300 pounds. Come on. Pretty obvious.
0: So, one, it's not going to get to that point just because – it's very easy with technology and everything to find out who's betting and what. When you when you go into a betting site and like make an account and all that, they check your identity. You got to give them your license, your name, license number, driver's license, last four digits of your social, like crap like that. Because I mean, they they're not. It's not just a this isn't making a an account for, I don't know, Discord or anything where you could just put in, I can make another account with just some random information that's like, I could say I'm Alex DeClaire. And, yeah, you know. No, they fact-check everything. They check your identity. So it's like, I, I don't even know why they're even testing trying to even do this because it all gets tracked down even if you know you get somebody in your family to do it shit i mean it's the government bro highly government regulated bro they're going to they're they're going to know honestly the best thing you could
2: probably do is just if you know your buddy has an account like just somebody far fetched that likes to bet hey bro
0: I'm gonna give you. I'm going to send you over a $1000 like put it put it on my over rushing yards today
2: I mean that's probably the best you can do other than that just gamble on everything else bro I mean you're you're an NFL player gamble on something else bro
1: bro I'm looking it up so this guy Barry Bonds was 185 when he started in I think 97 if I have that date right and then he was, might have been like 91, something like that. 2001 is when he set the record, 73 home runs. And weighed 228. Put on 43 pounds. He was 6'2", 228, bro. And I'm looking at him like, there's no shot this guy was 228. Like, this guy's pushing 240 at least. I mean, he's
0: How, how old was
1: he? Uh, for the
0: one he was 185
2: or whatever the fuck. Very.
1: So he plays, he started in 1986 is when he started. And so, and he was born 64. So he was 22. Yeah. 22 at that point when he started. And then <laughs> 2001 would put him at 737. Even 37 weighing 228. 30, bro. That's him at 37. He's juicing. I mean, there's a lot of people that we look at, like, and I've, like, in the weightlifting community, it's really funny to, like, talk to a lot of these guys, because, like, it's so prevalent now to take all these different types of steroids, because they've, like, come so far, and I would never touch any of it, but, like, there's so many guys at my gym, and there's, I would seriously never. No, it's, like, it's terrible for your immune system. It's terrible for a lot of things. I don't want to get into it, because I'm not a scientist, but I've I've learned a decent amount about it, and it's come so far. But people like The Rock, I mean, is it, did you did you think do you think Dwayne Johnson is is what we call natural? Like, do you think he is naturally built like that at like no. sixty five years old or whatever he is? I mean, there's just so many. Chris Hemsworth is no Chris Hemsworth is juicing out of his mind. Like the, these guys. <sighs> oh, dude,
0: are you sure about that? Is that you got you got facts on that?
1: I mean, you don't need facts when you look at these guys. So, like, the thing about, like... Because there,
0: there's a difference between The Rock and Hems- Chris Hemsworth.
1: Well, okay, so what you need to look for, and this is what I've learned. This is just hearsay or whatever. There's not a lot of science behind it, but this is just what I know. So, actually, the Arnold documentary talks about this, too. Because, like, you, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he started doing his competitions, he had kind of like a like a balloon chest because he just, like, but he wasn't lean. So that's what you need to look for, is these guys that are, like, absolutely shredded. Like Hugh Jackman. Like, Hugh Jackman is 100% on something. Because you don't get that lean, like that, like, the ripped abs and all that, like, you don't get that without juice. Like, and then you have the Barry Bonds people, that are just, or Mark McGuire, that are just, like, their shoulders are the size of the Twin fucking Towers. Like, they're huge. So there's a difference. In The Rock, if you look at The Rock dude at 55 years old like genetics plays a role absolutely but at 55 or whatever he is now like you're not that shredded like you you can't be like it just it's just you would have to work out like six hours a day every day never take a cheat meal never anything like you would have to be so incredibly dedicated and even then you like you could never skip because like naturally your body just slows down the production of like that type of muscle And what, like, looking like that is, you know, your 20s and 30s, you have guys that look like that that are that lean. But as you get into your 40s and 50s, dude, there's just no shot. Like, there's just, it's too difficult. Like, I just don't believe that somebody like him, I mean, genetics plays a role. He's fucking massive, bro. Like, this is, this all us saying all this doesn't discount the work. Like, you have to put in the work to look like that. But to have that much lean muscle and to be that shredded Like you need assistance. Like you just can't, it's too hard. Like it it just doesn't work that way. Your body's not meant to. So what like I've learned is a lot of these guys, there's different things like dehydrate your body. And that's why they look like so shredded is because their bodies are like dehydrated. And that's why you see like all the different, like they call it striations in your muscles, all different lines and stuff in the veins. That's because your body's dehydrated. And that's what the drugs help you do is it kind of dehydrates you and like shrinks a lot of that so you can see more musk muscularity on you so but barry bonds bro i mean this this dude was just fucking huge like he was just like he was just taking it straight to the arm bro and just doing curls <laughs> this guy's massive
0: i mean what, what if they were just cutting weight i mean dehydrating that's that's cutting weight so,
1: but think about it, like when you see those guys that are standing up there for the UFC bro, like we watch the the Connor thing, and you've been involved in the UFC long enough to know, like those guys, they like, they like brutalize their body to look like that, like to get that lean, and then when they go into the ring, like you're not walking around that shredded because you're so dehydrated by the time you're standing on that scale, like that's just also keep in mind, they're UFC fighters. Like, that's just a different breed. Like, if you're, again, yeah, if you're, they're freak athletes. Like, I'm not saying everybody who's shredded is on drugs. But to say that, like, when you look at a lot of these people, like Hugh Jackman's such a great example, because Hugh Jackman, like, for I mean, he puts in all the work and everything. But the dude is, like, in his 50s and just unbelievably shredded as Wolverine. Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, you have to have something that does that. You know, uh, uh, again, assuming you do all the work, you eat all the right food, you do, you do all the right stuff, but then you have the additional help of whatever drugs. And there's so many of them now, bro. Like there's so many, so many guys that walk around my gym in their 60s. They're just like veins and shoulders, like they're just pushing boulders up damn you know hills. Like I mean, there's so many guys like that, but they're on drugs. Like they're they're absolutely on drugs. So I don't mind it. Like hey, do your thing. But Barry Bonds, bro. I mean, this man in 1986 compared to how he was in 2001 i don't even think that's a question like he's, he's 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 disgustingly huge like it's okay i
0: just remembered how we got here i was like how the fuck do we start talking about steroids but we we're talking about gambling and yeah we're you talking made, about gambling you made, and the, you made the reference the but yeah it's it's yeah so circle back to that yeah i don't think it's uh it's not going to be the same thing um it's not gonna be a pete rose situation just because with technology and everything nowadays and with it being so widespread and popular it's heavily regulated you know they they got eyes all over it and no way no how are you gonna get away i mean look at all these players nfl players getting caught right now um
1: yeah somebody somewhere knows something and all it takes is somebody to say something to rise or to raise suspicions. And then all of a sudden you're fucked. Cause if you ever did anything wrong, like it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're fucked. It's not like you're John Morant, like, you know, flashing a gun on IG live, but you know, one of your homies is going to throw you out. I wonder what's going to happen with him. I'm so curious.
2: So we got to wait and find out.
1: got to wait and find out. We were in a dead time of sports, man. And we filled it. We filled it with, uh, I'll have more single life stories for you. We'll have to, we'll have to do that more often. <laughs> I've got plenty of them, dude. They're funny. There's, uh, there's, there's some wild stuff going out there in this world, going on in this world, bro. There's Wild stuff.
2: It's wild out there, bro. It's hard out there. It is. Eh,
1: could be worse. Anyway. Yeah. Two fans, you where to find us. At Slice Devils Pod, at Slice Devils Podcast, we're trying every Tuesday and Thursday, but you know we're chugging along to episode 500 here. We are moving along, and uh, you know where to find us. We're here every week, and uh, we'll see you next time.